On this episode, we talk about Windows new update, Xbox gets an update, uh, and the iPad Pro. So, welcome everybody. Welcome to the Sam's Report. Today is, what is today? Today is the 13th of November. Wow, month is about half over. Um, some exciting stuff here to get out of the way up front. So if you've been on Throt, hopefully you have, or, oh, Petri's not on it, new, on it yet, but Throt is now running on a brand new theme. So it might look somewhat similar to the last theme um, underneath and whatnot, but at a architectural level, it is completely rewritten. It is much faster. Obviously, it looks completely different on the front end, um, at least the landing page. And we hope that the goal with the new theme was to make it a little bit more blog-like, um, a little bit more traditional, a little bit easier to navigate. And the, the initial feedback that we've gotten is, yeah, we, we did it. The, the biggest change um, from an architectural standpoint is we went from a three-rail design down to a two-rail. And if you don't quite understand what I mean, go look at Petri right now. And you'll be able to tell that there's three rails of content. And Throt is now down to a more simple two-rail design. This updated design will be going over to Petri uh, soon-ish. There's a little bit more work to be done, and Petri is a little bit different of a beast than Throt. But um, that, that updated style will be going. But on the Petri side, it is now actually running on new hardware. The metal that is powering the site is new, fat, better, faster, stronger, and all that good stuff. So you should have a more responsive experience from when you click links, less lag time, and all that good stuff. And the theme, like I said, will be going over. Another change this week, and this is why it took a little bit longer to get started. So I am personally running on all new hardware here. So same microphone, but I'm now using this guy, which is the Surface Pro 4 behind me, and we'll talk a little bit more about here in a little bit, with two brand new 4K displays, uh, which you can't see because the monitor or the webcam's on them. I'm also using a Microsoft HD LifeCam, their 1080p version, whatever, the last one that came out. And I say the last one that came out because it's been a while. The packaging actually promoted Windows 7, um, Windows Live, but whatever. It's a 720p streaming webcam and does 1080 pictures and whatnot. So if I look like crap, um, I did shower today, so it's not that, but it's the webcam has changed a little bit. So um, there we go. I was actually using an older one that was locked at 720p. It was a previous generation, um, well, not even Microsoft. It was a Logitech version. So we've got that going, new hardware, and new Surface going back here. And um, so... I don't want to dive right into this, but we'll get to reason why I'm actually using Chrome to stream this because I don't trust Edge to stay running long enough at this time <laughs> on these displays uh, to make it through the entire show. It's already crashed. We're up to three times now, and it's 11 o'clock in the morning, and I'll explain why I'm using Edge, but whatever. And also, next week, we're going to change things up a little bit more. So right now, I am using Google Hangouts on Air. And I've been tinkering around with called YouTube live streaming. I didn't get everything done in time to get it set up for this show, but everyone's been asking for a live commenting. And I think I finally figured out I need to use the live streaming. I don't think Hangouts on Air is the appropriate way to do this. It works for video communication, but for a podcast such as this, uh, you know, I would like to get more feedback other than just what you guys tweet at me. But obviously you can still send tweets and all that good stuff. But hey. It's been uh, another great week of Microsoft, actually a pretty big week. This is one of those weird weeks for Microsoft where a lot happened, but not a lot happened. And so let's just kind of dive in, shall we? So obviously threshold wave two, um, what Microsoft is calling the November release, 
And there were actually a couple other names floating around. There was an idea of calling it the fall refresh. There was another idea of calling it the fall update. Um, Paul and I actually got some documentation that called it the fall update. But it looks like they're just going very nonchalantly and going to refer to this as the November update. November update, which I'm assuming is going to be a sign of things to come about how Microsoft is going to push out all these updates. We, we knew it wasn't going to be called Windows 10.1. Um, still haven't really heard too much clarification on what they're going to call Redstone, but they may just refer to it as Windows 10 um, June 2016 update. But anyways, the update is now out. You can check on it through uh, Windows Update. And if you're not seeing this update, there's a couple things that could be going on. The most likely scenario here, there, there's two possible scenarios. So first off, it's a rolling update just like everything else. Now, it should be pretty widely distributed at this time. But there's a small chance that it could not have actually been provisioned to your machine yet, and you still might be in that queue to ratchet up for the install. Um, another possible scenario is if you just updated to Windows 10 um, from Windows 7 or 8, Microsoft is giving you, I believe it's, it's either 30 or 31 days before they will push this update to you. The reason for that is if you're trying it out and within that 30-day window, you want to roll back to, let's say, 7 or 8, um, they're making it so you don't have to go through this update process again. And I don't believe the November update removes that functionality, although I should probably figure that out because that's kind of a big deal. But that's the idea. If you're fresh onto Windows 10, what is it, 10.0.240, and you're wondering like, hey, why am I not seeing this? And it has been 30 days. That's most likely the reason why you are not seeing it. So there you go. That's, um, it is now out. It brings, uh, it brings a couple good features, really. And primarily, there's supposed to be some stability improvements, although I've had, I think, more issues post-installation than I did 240, but that's new hardware, and there's a bunch of variables that change, so I can't definitively say that it is the new build, but whatever, I've had a couple issues. Um, there are a couple good features. Skype <laughs> has these messaging apps that I'm not using because they are, it, it breaks the experience up between messaging, video, and calling into three different components, which for some people might be great. And I'm alluding to that this is probably a future platform play here rather than, hey, dump your Skype desktop app and go for that. But at the current time, I'm still using the desktop app because it has everything I need except for proper messaging sync, which is still an issue with Skype. They claim they fixed it, but um, they can just come hang out with me for a day, and I will show them when Skype is not syncing across multiple devices. Anywho, so it's out. Uh, stability improvements. Edge gets some new things like tab hovers. You can hover your mouse over the tab, then you can see a preview of the page. Hey, great, guys. I'm glad you really stressed for that one. I would have appreciated you putting whatever, how many minutes it took that into... Um, stability enhancements, but I guess that type of feature probably isn't too heavy on development time. But anywho, it is out. Cool things coming to the enterprise. Actually, during the announcement, so Microsoft briefed most of the press, and myself included, and Paul, uh, earlier this week. And and so they, they told us information. And one of the things that they pointed out was that there are now 12 million enterprise installs of Windows 10. So there's been some kind of confusion. People are saying, oh, that's not a big deal. People are just downloading the enterprise SKU and installing it. Well, no, that's not quite the case. Because to get the enterprise SKU, you're supposed to be a software assurance customer, which means that these customers have already paid for this license. And they are now trying it out. And so Microsoft has given us three data points in the enterprise sector. And I'll explain why this is important. So. Um, after, I believe it was 30 days or so, 
they said there were 1.5 million installs. Uh, then they, in a, let's see, early September, late August timeframe, they said that there were 8 million installs. And so now we are middle of November and we now have 12 million. So that's, that's a pretty sizable jump um, over the growth and people wanting to try out Windows 10, specifically in the corporate environment. And the reason why this is important, and everybody knows this, but I just want to reiterate that this is really crucial to Microsoft because they need their customers to move from Windows 7 to Windows 10. Windows 8 is not happening. Um, if anybody's on Windows 8 in the corporate segment, I'm assuming that they're already jumping to Windows 10 or foaming at the mouth at the ability to jump to 10. But they need to penetrate that Windows 7 market. It was a big jump to go from XP to 7, and Microsoft doesn't want to relive that history of having to support Windows 7 for longer than a decade because these corporate clients are too slow to move. So they really, really, really need their enterprise clients to get up to Windows 10 so that Microsoft can just move on with life. If everybody's stuck on Windows 7 and they get stuck in that XP cycle again, then they have to dedicate engineers to supporting Windows 7, then they have to dedicate more resources to it, which means less resources going to Windows 10 and new features and new stuff. So Microsoft is heavily invested in getting these clients up to Windows 10. And in this release, and it was funny, on the, the phone call, they made it very clear. They said, Windows 10 is now ready for the enterprise. Um, it, what was it when it launched, guys? Like, the messaging was kind of just odd. I understand what they were trying to do because historically, the kind of mantra within the IT community was, oh, you don't install an update or you don't install a new version of Windows until the first service pack is out. So they were trying to promote this up as not a service pack, but they're saying, hey, here's the first big update. Now we're enterprise ready. Let's go ahead and do this. But anyways, that's what they kept saying is uh, it's enterprise ready. So there's two features that have come in this release. Well, there's more than two, but two the big features. So Windows Store for Business is now available with inside of uh, Windows 10. And more importantly, Windows Update for Business. Now this is kind of a crucial one. So at a high level, what Windows Update for Business allows you to do as an IT administrator, you can control when updates are pushed out to your machines. You can, you can put them in rings, just like Gabe does with the slow and fast ring. You can create these rings inside of your network. And why this is crucial is let's say you have accountants who you know at the month end are needing their machine every minute of the day so they can close the books. Well, you can then deliver updates to those machines, let's just say that always on the second week of the month rather than the fourth or whenever, whenever you're pushing them out. You can then say, okay, you know what? The engineers, they generally take off the last week because the finance guys are trying to close or the salespeople are trying to close the books or whatever. So you push the update out to them during the last week. So then you can actually manage the bandwidth within your internal networks using this feature. It's a really powerful tool. And it did not launch initially with Windows 10, but it is now arrived and it is out. And you can use it if you're in the, if you're an enterprise client. So that's actually a really really cool feature of Windows 10, and I think that's one of the linchpins that they're going to use to try to get these customers to actually update. And we should all try to update, <laughs> get these clients to update, because as I alluded to earlier, the more engineers Microsoft can put on the Windows 10 development, the less they have on seven. The more features we get, the faster we get them, and the closer we are to getting the edge to a workable state. Edge, you're, I have a love hate relationship with Edge right now. But not only is Windows 10 out as of yesterday for the machine or for the PC, Microsoft actually pushed it out for the or for the Xbox One, which I have right behind me. So Xbox One, Windows 10, desktop, Windows 10. So the missing piece here is where's Windows 10 for this guy? Now, if you look in their blog post, 
what they said. They said Windows 10 is coming soon. Do, do, do. Yeah, they didn't actually announce when Windows 10 is coming for this. Um, they wouldn't give a date. So I've heard from birds flying around the bush, whatever you want to call them. I, I suspect we'll possibly hear maybe more next week is what I, I think. Obviously, today's a Friday, even though Gabe at one point said, hey, I don't like to push things out on a Friday. Uh, if you look at historically how many builds they have pushed out on Friday, it's pretty high. But I I don't think we're actually going to see the mobile build today because, again, the mobile build has stability. Anybody who's used the Insider program knows that the stability of this stuff has traditionally lagged behind that of the desktop. So keep an eye out next week. I'm hoping we hear more about this stuff next week and at least some sort of clarification because Microsoft needs to be crystal clear, which they're traditionally not good at doing, about how Windows 10 is gonna deploy out to existing devices. There's already been some muddled information that their support agents posted on Facebook of all places that said, hey, it's coming in December. Um, some other ones wrote November. I don't think November is accurate. I think December is the right approach. And hopefully, hopefully they're writing a very meticulous and detailed and authentic and actu accurate, let's stick to that word, blog post for next week that talks about this stuff. And, and Microsoft hasn't said specifically next week. This is just kind of what I've heard is that next week was the initial target uh, for talking more about the mobile stuff. So Microsoft just did what many companies have tried to do in the past. They just updated essentially all of their primary devices. You got desktop, you got their console, and you're going to get their phones here soon with a brand new OS. That's a pretty big feat. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's not trivial stuff anymore. That's, that's a lot. If you think about it, there's, there's three engineering paths. You have an Xbox team, you have a mobile team, and a desktop team. And getting these three separate, even though they're tied at the core of Windows 10, engineering paths onto the same release schedule is not easy. If anybody's ever built a product, imagine trying to build two other products in parallel that are on massive scale and releasing them all at the same time. It is not an easy thing to do. So Microsoft definitely deserves credit here for being able to do this and get these scheduled aligned. And uh, I'm sure there were a lot of sleepless nights for some engineers, because you can imagine, let's say the desktop team's ahead and the mobile team's behind. Well, mobile team's got to catch up, same with Xbox. Although Xbox seemed like they were pretty far out um, ahead as well, because I think they were the, one of the first to deliver the new build. So, there you go, Windows 10, Microsoft's making its second big push. What I'm wondering about if we're gonna see now, I wonder if we're gonna see more marketing out of Microsoft. Now, clearly they've been marketing the Surface Pro 4, the Surface Book, which is back there. But one of the things that I was just kind of thinking about here, when Windows 10 launched, there was quite a bit of advertisement. I mean, but it, it died off pretty quick, I think. It, just personal opinion here. I think it died off pretty quick. And I'm not sure why. I don't know if they were thinking, okay, you know what, when we advertise the devices, we will get that same kind of initial push and whatnot. Um, but like the actual push for the OS seemed to die out pretty quick. So I'm wondering now that we have this second wave out and Microsoft is more confident since they're, they're pitching things certain ways, um, if we're actually gonna see more just raw Windows 10 advertisements leading up to the holiday. So we'll be see, I'll be curious to see if the marketing machine kicks back on here with more proper Windows 10 advertisements, not just pushing um, the Surface Pro 4 or the Surface Book. So enterprise, 12 million installs, not trivial stuff. Windows update for business, good stuff. Windows store for business, all right, whatever. Um, Xbox, good stuff. I'd be curious to see how people actually react to the Xbox interface change because it is quite a bit different. Um, 
it is faster, which is good. It was really hard to make it much slower. Um, it's still not perfect. Inviting friends into a party and uh, navigating around that stuff from in-game, jumping in and out is not... Oh, my God. There we go. Get that out of my eyeball. It's still not as quick as I would like it, but hey, it's uh, it's getting there. So, whatever. Good job, everybody. We're on Windows 10. Windows 10 going forward. Uh, Redstone, for the person who just asked on Twitter, uh, still on track for a fall or fall spring. Uh, hearing mid to late spring, it, Redstone is going to be a much larger update in terms of um, releases. I uh, kind of talked about that last week, just a quick recap. It will be a larger in release than what we just got from uh, Microsoft. I, I believe the cadence is going to be a large release in the spring, late spring, summer time frame, and then kind of a residual update in the fall that gets all the features that didn't quite make it into uh, that spring, summer release time frame. So hopefully we'll see a new build from the Redstone branch here soon. Um, I'll be curious to see how quickly Gabe is going to push that stuff out because there are some changes already starting to show up. And there you go. There's an email. Um, <laughs> speaking of email, so let's talk here quickly um, about Windows 10 mail app. So I've been using Outlook for a while, the actual proper Outlook client, and um, Petri just as an FYI, uses Google Apps on the back end. That's just what they use. And Outlook does not play nice with this. And they don't, Outlook doesn't support CalDev and all the features needed to actually really use Outlook. So it's like, you know what? The built-in mail app supports the Google app or Google Apps much better. So I'm just gonna switch. I'm gonna go all in and I am using the mail app and the calendar app, full, full brunt. So Microsoft, we got some issues here with this mail app. It is about as basic as it comes. Um, they need to either just burn this thing down and take the outlook.com, which I really like, and just wrap it back up, or they need to figure out how to light a fire under this and actually get some features that are nice. For example, you cannot mark a spam, and I never really noticed this until I got in some spam on my Outlook, and I was like, hey, I can't actually mark content as spam in the mail app. I mean, that's, like, I don't, like, you can only delete. There's no... Uh, and there's no sweep feature. It's it's really a second-class experience for a mail app, especially when Microsoft's own Outlook.com, which is a web app, uh, has significantly more features. I don't know why they're not bringing this stuff into the Universal app, because Universal app, it works. I like it. I want to keep using it. But it's like, what's going on, guys? Why we're several months later, and the mail app, I mean, it works, but there's no all, like, so I have three uh, accounts. I have... My personal, I have the, the Blue Whale Web one, which is Petri and Throat, and then I also have my own um, startup company on the side called Tracor. And I have three inboxes, but there's no all inbox view. You have to look at each account individually. There's no just all, what, what, what's going on, guys? And the other thing is their Outlook.com, or Outlook app for the phone is fantastic. Like if they could just take that phone app, package it up into a universal app, put it onto the desktop, Bam, I would be very happy with you guys. Maybe that's what they're doing and maybe that's why they're not pushing this stuff. But the, the mail app is not, it's it's not great. It, it's bare bones at best. Uh, calendar apps, fine. I don't know. I mean, calendar apps are pretty par for the course with this kind of stuff. Um, oh, one thing I skipped on the Xbox stuff. Uh, somebody just reminded me. So cool thing Microsoft did with this update, backwards compatibility, nice on the Xbox One. Too bad it didn't launch with that. Um, I know that it's 
a pretty technical feat. And I, I, under, I completely understand why a console would not launch with backward capability because they want to move forward and not worry about the past. But hey, uh, over 100 titles already support the backwards capability. More coming. Good job, Microsoft. I'm actually very pumped about this because I had an Xbox 360 and original Xbox, and now I can play some of my old fun games that um, no longer used to no longer work. And yeah, so good good stuff on that, guys. But anyways, mail app, calendar app. Let's get with it, guys. I don't I don't really know what they're doing. Um, what else we got here? So with this release we can kind of put together Microsoft's holiday picture. I think we already kind of knew this, but Microsoft's holiday offerings, right? Let's get this out of there. Lumia 550, low-end phone. We got Lumia 950, high-end phone. We got Surface Pro 4 uh, starting, what does it start at? 899, all the way up to the Surface Book, which starts at 1499. Those are the Hallmark features, along with the Xbox and a ton of bundles that Microsoft has released. So you can understand now what Microsoft's presentation is for the holiday season. And obviously this took them many months, um, potential, well, if you think about the Surface Book, potentially maybe years to get this figured out. And so that's Microsoft's holiday offering. I'll be curious to see what kind of deals they run on Black Friday, which is in a week, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, yeah, two weeks. So I'll be curious to see what they run on Black Friday. Uh, I would expect to see a lot of retailers besides Microsoft pushing the Surface Pro 3, giving big, big discounts on that guy. Which, if you can find it for a good price, it's a great machine. I would just recommend getting the new type cover with the fingerprint reader for Windows Hello. Boom, done. Call it a day. That's good stuff. So, I want to talk about if you were following me on Twitter yesterday, I getting this Surface Pro 4 to work with, with two 4K displays at 60 hertz about caused me to flip five tables over. So, what I'm doing, and you can kind of see it here, is I've got the Surface Pro 4. Um, whoop. Ooh, I touched that and the display turned off. Lovely. So I'm not going to touch that anymore. So I've got the Surface Pro 4 here and I'm using the Surface Dock, which is back behind one of the monitors. And on the Surface Dock, there are two display ports, two display ports. So you would think you could take these 4K displays and just plug them in to the display port and just, you know, just run. No, it doesn't quite work like that. So you, you can do that. What Microsoft has done is they've taken one display port and split it, split it into two, which means you can only run 4K displays off of that dock um, at 30 hertz, which if you're thinking about going to 4K and you can only run at 30 hertz, do not do it. it using a, a 4K monitor at 30 hertz is like watching a YouTube video that has the sound off by like a fraction of a second and it's just really annoying. And what I mean is like the mouse movement is slow, you'll type and it takes just a fraction of a second for the text to get onto the display. Moral of the story, do not run a 4K display at 30 hertz. So what did Microsoft do? Well, with the Surface Dock, you can only run 4K displays, two of them at 30 hertz. Thank you guys. And it took me a long time to figure that out because your documentation is not exactly exceptional in this area. But what you can do, you can run two displays 4K displays at 60 hertz if you use the one display port on the Surface Pro 4 and the one display port on the Surface Dock. So you actually have to split the cables up um, and then that's how you get to 4K. And it was a very long chore because I could get one monitor running. And if you're running one monitor, ah, this is the other thing, Microsoft. So when I had both the displays plugged into the display dock, and they were running at 30 hertz, and I would try to change them to 60 hertz, it would just say, this 
this uh, configuration needs to be changed or it is not supported. And it wouldn't tell you what. It wouldn't tell you if it was two monitors. It wouldn't tell you if it was three monitors. It just wouldn't tell you what was wrong. It would just say, hey, this feature, this configuration is supported. It just about as, it was like the something happens um, error that often happens in Windows 10. But what made this worse, and I, I wanted to record this, but I was so frustrated last night. So I was using the modern app settings, right? So I'm going into the modern app settings and I'm using the monitor configuration. If you've never done multi-mon, what it does, is it gives you a little display and it'll give you a box for each monitor. And so you can click on a monitor and then change the configuration and whatnot. So I had three displays, right? I had my two 4Ks and the Surface Pro 3. But the configuration of the boxes was backwards. So if I drug the Surface Pro monitor to the one side of the 4K monitor, when I was looking at it on, on the modern settings, it was backwards. And what the big deal is, is that you have to have your monitors arranged correctly so that when you go off the left side of the screen with a mouse, the, the mouse will go onto the correct display. So that was, took me a long time to figure out that it was backwards. And the way I figured it out was I actually went into the control panel, you know, like the real one from Windows 7, and the configuration was correct in that scenario. And so I actually had to use the control panel to properly arrange the monitors. And then once I got it into this setup with you know, the, the one connection here and the one connection on the display dock, I could actually change it to 60 hertz because you can't change the hertz, of course, in the modern settings. That's just not possible. You have to go to the control panel because there's, why wouldn't you have two massively different control areas that are mostly functional but not complete? Thank you, Microsoft. It was just mind-dumbingly um, frustrating and a lot of people chimed in to help me out because the Skylake processor, what's really frustrating about this, the Skylake processor will power 4K, two 4K displays at 60 hertz. We know this. But what is not well documented is that the Surface Dock, the Surface Dock splits one DisplayPort connection rather than having two unique, which leads me to my next problem that I was encountering. So the Surface Dock has four USB ports on it. So plugged into my USB port, uh, or the dock was a mouse, the little USB dongle, the webcam that I'm using right now, this Blue Yeti microphone, and I have a Bose, um, whatever, Companion 5 uh, speaker set. So the Bose Companion speaker set is self-powered. It plugs in, it's completely self-powered. And what, I was getting this alert on Windows 10 that says you're out of, the USB controller is out of resources. I had maxed out the controller inside the USB and inside the Surface Dock. It was just really, really frustrating because I need those additional USB ports, but I cannot plug this Blue Yeti microphone into that dock. If I do, it draws too much power and it kills the dock. This drives me nuts, Microsoft. The dock is fantastic, but you did not really fully test this stuff to, to, to people like myself who are power users. Power users are gonna be the one who buy the dock. Power users are gonna be the ones in the corporate environment who have a whole bunch of crap plugged in and it doesn't work with a bunch of stuff. This is really frustrating because now what I have is a display port plugged into my Service Pro 4. This Blue Yeti microphone plugged into my Service Pro 4 and it looks atrocious. Microsoft, gosh. I love Microsoft, but they drive me nuts. They, and I don't wanna be negative Nancy here. I'm generally an optimist, but this was, I was at my wits end last night with um, with this Surface Dock. It's a good device, but it's, it comes up short for the people who I think are gonna truly buy it, who are gonna be the absolute power user and use these things to the extreme, um, to their fullest capability. Because I have an ethernet plugged into it, two display ports, 
or well, now only one because I can't use two because I can't do this 260 hertz thing. So I have right now three devices plugged into it, an Ethernet cable, and it's maxed out. I can't actually use the, the additional display port or another USB port because I will get these controller errors and everything connected to it will die um, just randomly and intermittently. It's very helpful to getting things done. So just be aware of that if you're going to run um, this this setup with a Surface Book or with a Surface Pro 4. Now, I mean, I don't know if you can hear, but the fans run a decent amount on the Surface Pro 4. Not, I'm not too upset about that. I'm running two 4K displays, and they don't run all the time. During Google Hangouts, like what we're doing right now, uh, it is quite labor-intensive, and I give it a pass on this. I will actually be curious to see if I can get my hands on a Surface Book that has a dual GPU. The one behind me is only the single GPU unit and see if that actually makes any difference driving all this stuff. But um, yeah, so there we go. Can we talk about can we talk about something that's not Microsoft that's very much impacting the Microsoft world? Um, so the iPad Pro came out. I need a drink. The iPad Pro came out. And Office, actually, because they're a good team and they actually do some pretty good stuff, have their apps already, and that's cool. Good job, Office people. You know, you guys run your game. Microsoft or Apple dropped a product. Your apps are ready. That's the way things should be done in this world. Really good job to those guys. But the iPad freaking Pro, um, like people are hailing this thing as like the second coming of Jesus, that it's like the greatest thing ever. Like I can use it. It's essentially a Surface Pro from what, two years ago? Yes, slightly larger display. display. Um, a worse keyboard, it only has one position, uh, no trackpad, and a limited iOS. And people are going nuts about this. Um, there's a, t a former tech on Trader who now works for Andreessen Horowitz, named Kyle. Um, nice guy, I don't want to like talk bad about him. But he, he tweeted out a picture, he's like, oh, I'm so happy with my iPad Pro, and it has this Logitech um, keyboard, and it creates a clamshell. It's a laptop. That's a laptop. That is that's a laptop with a limited operating system that can run two apps for one thousand dollars. One thousand dollars to run two apps at the same time and some background processes. And people just are eating up this iPad Pro, saying that it's great. I don't. I really do not understand this. I, I guess the aroma of an Apple product just burns like holes, like cyanide through your, your logical senses. That's the only thing I can think of. And don't get me wrong, I like Apple products. I use an iPhone um, frequently. I have an Apple Watch. My wife uses Apple stuff. Um, I obviously use a PC though. Apple makes good hardware. I don't, I don't argue that. But the iPad Pro is one of those things that they made. I think it's just because, not because there was a need. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I... I really do question how many of these things are going to sell. People are saying, oh, they're going to be great for the enterprise. Why would you buy an iPad Pro over just a traditional iPad? There's The only difference you get is a pencil, which costs you 100 bucks, that has a laughable 12-hour battery life. The pencil has a 12-hour battery life, and people like are they're like, ah, yes, this is great. Um, this stylus will last over a year, <laughs> and it's... Ah. But it's an Apple pencil. It's white, and Johnny I've got to say aluminium, and we're just gonna we're just gonna eat it up. So, iPad Pro is out. People seem to like it. They'll probably sell millions. Um, and I, I, this is one of those things I, I just do not truly understand. Surface Pro Four with a keyboard, it, you're looking 
same price, a little bit less um, when you compare Surface Pro 4, and you get a real operating system that can do everything, um, stylus included. And the, the laughable thing about this whole iPad Pro thing is for all the journalists who ever wrote that the Surface Pro keyboard is too expensive, Apple's is 50 bucks more, and it's worse. <laughs> doesn't have a trackpad. It has worse keys. It's smaller. Well, it might be wider, so it may not technically be smaller, but the length is smaller, and it's 50 bucks more. There you go. iPad Pro, bought by people who don't care about money or logic or sense. And then to kind of continue on the, the, the rant here, Tim Cook called the Surface Book diluted. Not diluted, but diluted. They had to, they had to make that correction, um, it, which I find hilarious because <laughs> I can't even get the words out because this is so dumb. So the Surface Pro, obviously Apple ripped off the Surface Pro, right? Microsoft came to the market. Yeah, the first iteration was great, but whatever. They came to the market. They were first with it. Apple copied it. Google copied it. And now Microsoft is saying, you know what? Okay, Surface is great. I think we kind of maximize what the Surface is. And we'll continue to, to do light iterations just like they did. Surface Pro 3 and Surface Pro 4 is what I would completely expect out of the Surface Pro line going forward. Just consistent and constant refinement. And so Apple and Google were like, oh, crap. We should probably have something similar. So Microsoft is already there. And then Microsoft is now moving on to this. Which means, here's what I predict. I bet we'll see in the next five years, Apple, they will have a Surface Book-like device. It'll be probably replace the MacBook Air, and the screen will just detach and be an iPad. They'll call it revolutionary. They'll call it all sorts of crap. And Microsoft will already be three generations ahead with their product. And good job, Microsoft. Yeah, good job, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm just reading the comments. People are just saying, yeah, it, the iPad Pro is a little bit ridiculous. So what's ahead for Microsoft? Um, really, from here on out, so from here on out, guys, I think it's going to be kind of winding down. Obviously, we're going to have some new product launches. We're going to have the Lumia 920. Um, we're going to Lumia 920. We're going to, what else are we going to have? That's really the biggest kind of launch, if you want to call it that, that's left. But um, so Lumia 920 is what's left. And then it, things are really going to kind of ramp down in the world of news. And it's going to be Microsoft more of just promotion. So we might still see app updates and whatnot. But this is we're, we're heading deep into the holiday season here. So next, next two weeks, we get Thanksgiving. People are off. Obviously, Christmas and Hanukkah and all the other holidays that occur throughout that time period. And Microsoft is just kind of going to ratchet things down. And so don't expect gangbusters of news out of Microsoft. Uh, we might, I'd be surprised if we got another Windows Insider build. I honestly hope we do. I, I think they are much more, oh, did I say Lumia 920? Um, Chris, I meant Lumia 950. 950, I'm, I'm used to saying 920. Um, 950 launch. So I think it's gonna, we're kinda gonna head into the high period of, okay, Microsoft played its cards. Let's see what they do now. And I can hope that they continue to update. And I really honestly hope we get an insider build. I'm not really expecting too much, mostly just because the engineers are kind of like, we got this update out the door. Let's just, let's ratchet it back. And um, I know specifically during the month of December, they generally fix internal systems as well, their own deployment um, packages and things internally um, during the month of December. So just kind of keep that in mind going forward. And yeah. 
that's been kind of the week of Microsoft. It's been one of those action-packed weeks, but again, a lot happened, but not a lot that was new. If you really pay attention to this stuff, if you're an insider, you kind of knew what was coming this week, and it was just they finally pressed that big button. They're updating um, 120 million plus builds. I should probably check out and see what the new number is, but I know it's over 120 million. 120 million machines uh, getting that new build. That's big. That's big. 120 million machines getting a new build of Windows 10. Crazy stuff, guys. All right. I don't want to drag on. Um, I hope everybody has a great weekend. And as always, I appreciate you guys. And thanks for listening.